Today, you are listening to Think Again Christian, where pop culture and Christian traditions collide with biblical truth. Sponsored by Rainier Christian Schools. And now your host, pastor of Ravensdale Bible Church and superintendent of Rainier Christian Schools, Tony Jamie. Rethinking and re-examining concepts, ideas, traditions, and challenging your beliefs from American pop culture and your Christian denominational circles. How? By the renewing of your mind through God's Word and open radio conversation. Well, today we're going to talk about utopia, or maybe more appropriately, dystopia. I'm sure you've heard that term as you know, some kind of example of the perfect society. And, and ironically, uh, while, while, while depicted as the ultimate community in the book, uh, the book itself actually fails to solve the problems in society. Uh, and, and so it, it aims to, to, to have the cure, but it never did then and it n- never has. So, so why is this concept still, uh, you know, why does it still have, have traction? I mean, it really is beyond me. And I, and I think part of it is because, well, one, most people have never read Utopia, even though it's just a small little, little book. But the idea of, of the rich and the poor, owners and non-owners, uh, peace and, and prosperity really you know, drive the, the concepts of, you know, the perfect society, but, but nobody's been able to accomplish it, including and especially Utopia. Well, you know, Utopia was actually written a, a long time ago in, in the 1500s, and it had a forerunner, which was written in 300 BC called Plato's Republic. That's right, Plato himself the first Madonna with, you know, only the one name. Um, and, and his concepts failed, too, in, in, in his book. And since then, we, you know, we haven't had any shortage of books and, and movements trying to create the, the perfect community, the perfect society, including, you know, utopian and dystopian communities. Now, dystopian societies tend to focus on on the imperfections or the failed attempts at utopia, but make no mistake, they are still forms of utopian ideals, and they're really, you know, there to point out, we can get there, you, you, you just don't do it this way. Uh, one famous book that most people probably don't don't uh, link to, but is Gulliver's Travels. Gulliver's Travels is a journey of a series of utopias and dystopias and, you know, some good places and some bad places. And, and recently there's, there's just been a, uh, a wave of books that have been converted into, you know, kind of popular, I, I guess I call them teen movies since the teenagers love them. Uh, books like, you know, The Giver or Divergent, Maze Runner and The Hunger Games have been mega hits at the box office. And some of you listening have grown up, you know, with the mandatory reading of Fahrenheit 451 or, you know, maybe you read, you know, Ayn Rand's Atlas Shrugged, George Orwell's Animal Farm in 1984. But, but the greatest impact of, of all the utopian society has been through uh, the political. 
And, and it's been through a really tiny book called The Communist Manifesto. And that was written by Karl Marx and, and Friedrich Engels. And, and you might be asking yourself, whoa, 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 time out, time out. Are we trying to equate Plato, Utopia, uh, Hunger Games, George Orwell, and communism all into this one bag? Well, the short answer is yes. Um, your next thought might be, wait a minute, but, but I love that movie, The Hunger Games. Yeah, you know, where all the kids kill each other. Yeah, great idea. Um, you know, or you may be saying, I want utopia, you know, or, you know, was Animal Farm in, in 1984? I mean, you know, were these, uh, were these bad books? You know, what, what do I do with them? How is communism linked to utopia? And, 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 and let's even go ahead and, and add to the mix. I know this is going to scare some of you. Socialism, right? And we'll get to that. But in the end, these are all just bad versions, bad versions of, of loving, sharing, communal living that, that we really see in, in, in the Bible. We really saw with, with Israelites in the Old Testament. We, we saw this in the book of Acts and where, where believers were making sacrifices for one another and buying and selling uh, you know, their, their property to, to share with one another, to, to share with the, with, with the poor, the widow orphan, the poor. So, so what are we to think about these, these concepts as, as believers? Is it important? Well, well today I, I, I want you to, to think again about these ideologies since they are mainstream beliefs in, in the Western Hemisphere. And since the turn of the century, um, they've been making bad attempt after bad attempt after bad attempt. So where do we begin? Well, I think the best place to start is is Sir Thomas More, the you know who who is venerated by the Roman Catholics as Saint Thomas More, and he, he was quite gifted. He was an English lawyer, a, a social philosopher, an author, a statesman, and really a noted Renaissance humanist. He he was also counselor to King Henry the the Eighth and Lord High Chancellor of England. I mean, how's that for influence, right? For a little old monk. Oh yeah, he also wrote Utopia, maybe the second most popular book ever written to the Bible, and it was published in fifteen sixteen, and it was about a political system of an imaginary ideal island nation. Now now. Remember, more opposed as a monk, things like the Protestant Reformation, which, you know, makes sense. Um, in particular, the theology of Martin Luther and William Tyndale. But, but again, that makes him the liberal and that makes him on the wrong side of the Protestant Reformation. Just, just take note of that. Uh, more opposed the king's idea of the separation from the Ro- Roman Catholic Church. Uh, that's because he, he really wanted that, that tie in with the church and the state to, to be the same. And so to say that Moore's beliefs were, were mainstream or championed would, would, would be quite a stretch, actually. And yet so many people think that, that he just hit, hit the nail on the head with his concept of utopia. It's just not true. It's, it's a false presupposition. The goal of utopia was to present a better world. It was, it was a hope for equality peace, prosperity, and respect for others. I mean, that's good. 
And on the surface, who wouldn't want to live in a perfect society of equality and prosperity? Moore's utopia promised, uh, you know, a commonwealth republic. I mean, you know, do you get it? It's, it's the society is then equally wealthy. In order to accomplish this, there, there's no private property. You know, they have shared storehouses. Uh, things like, you know, your trade, your skill uh, doesn't directly equate to a monetary reward. You know, there's shared hospitals and food and clothing and shelter for all. I mean, that sounds good. There's also the freedom of religion and no war and things like euthanasia are, are okay. And by the way, it's acceptable for you to have two slaves per household. I mean, you're starting to get the picture. When, when, when you really lay it all out, it's not quite the utopia that you thought it was. Because again, how do you make the distinction between the slave and, and, the, and the homeowner? There's always this, this separation of, of people. Now, of course, Moore was heavily influenced as a monk by, by seeing, you know, Catholic abuse in the church and in the in the hierarchy and and then also living his monastic lifestyle it was a very simple shared communal type of living and so yes there there's a gap between the haves and the have-nots but the idea that a monastic lifestyle will where where there is absolutely no monetary division is is just completely unrealistic. I mean, even in a monastic lifestyle, somebody's paying for it, right? Somebody's paying for all these grown men to have this communal living and need no cash. I mean, how does that work? So, so you know, there's, there's always a, a community that has leaders or risk takers, entrepreneurs, and, and individuals who, who live for freedom in the pursuit of happiness. And what about the lazy or or maybe just the you know the unskilled or less talented or le- less ambitious maybe can all truly be equal i mean heck I, I would love to make 15 million dollars a year but you know what people don't want to watch me work like they want to watch russell Wilk- wilson work you know or or listen to my music like like they like to listen to taylor swift's music and so how do we live in a society that has you know, Russell Wilson, Tony, Jamie, and, and the homeless. Well, as Christians, we, we, you know, don't we want to take care of the widow, the orphan, and the poor? Well, y- yes, but, but let's get back to some of the ways that the world has attempted then to solve this problem outside of Christianity. In, in 1848, another heavily influential book, other than Utopia, was written called, and I mentioned it earlier, The Communist Manifesto. In another attempt to correct the abuse of governments um, that abused its people, Karl Marx set out to espouse utopian principles of equality in economics, government, and justice. The result was one of the most destructive political movements ever created by mankind, called communism. Understand all the elements of communism can be found in utopian ideas of combating class struggle, uniting the workforce in an attempt to end poverty, governmental corruption. The goal of communism was to end individual ownership so that there would be no longer a difference between rich and poor, haves and have-nots. The key to their ideology would be grounded in, in economics. That's the morality. 
Money was the problem, so eliminate the division of financial unequality. For, forget the, the law of supply and demand. Forget the idea of reaping what you sow. Forget the idea of free market society that rewards individual skill and talent. Go ahead and throw in luck, too, if you want to. I'm fine with that. Instead, each according to his own ability, each according to his own need. Each according to his own ability, each according to his own need. The battle cry for communism. So everybody works their own talent level and everybody gets paid equally. Well, again, while millions of people want to pay $1 to own a Taylor Swift song, should she not receive more money than Tony Jamie? Well, I have five children. Taylor Swift is single and has none. Each according to her ability, each according to his need. Well, when we come back, we'll take a closer look at dystopia. Since their small beginnings in 1963, the Ministry of Rainier Christian Schools has been dedicated to educating and developing each of their students for the glory of God. And it's more than just a school. Rainier Christian Schools is actually an entire school district, with three schools serving the areas of Kent, Auburn, Covington, Renton, and Maple Valley. The Christ-centered environment weaves God's truth through everything they do, from top-notch academics all the way through their competitive sports programs. Learn more at RainierCSD.org or call 425-255-7273. That's 425-255-7273. Contact Rainier Christian Schools today. Welcome back. You're listening to Think Again Christian, sponsored by Rainier Christian Schools. And now your host, Tony Jamie. Today we're talking about dystopia. Dystopia is the the opposite, really, then, of, of utopia, which is that idea that we're going to create this perfect society outside of the laws of God, outside of Christianity, outside of of God's morality. And humans have been trying to do this since Plato, since Thomas More's Utopia, since Karl Marx's Communist Manifesto, and it just fails time and time again. We were talking a little bit about the the communist, and, and one of their calling cards was a strong stance against Christianity. Since the devotion to the state is absolute and, and really the state then becomes your God and religious convictions just cause arguments and divisions and war. You've, you've heard that. Of course, more people have died fighting for and against communism than any ideology in, in human history combined. Well, fortunately, we were able to see through communism and, and men like George Orwell who wrote, two dystopian books on the subject, Animal Farm, which is an allegorical satire depicting the, the rough Russian Revolution in the, area, in the era of Stalinist Soviet Union. Now, he believed, right, that, and, and he pointed out that the Russians had become a, a brutal dictatorship built upon a, a cult of personality, Stalin-Lenin, and enforced by a reign of terror. That was the, the method that communism was able to, to expand and grow. And unfortunately, this becomes a common theme for those who attempt their their version of utopia. It always ends up being, you know, the, the idea that Animal Farm points out, the hypocrisy, when the animals aren't in power, they complain about the humans. And then when the animals get in charge, well, then it's the pigs who take over, right? All are equal, but some are 
more equal? Who are the sum? Well, those who are in power. Those are the sum. And through the use of humor, irony, and exaggeration, or- Orwell ridicules the communistic Russian ideas by using a farm of animals uh, that, you know, feel completely abused and taken advantage of by their ruler, by their owner, the farmer, the system, the government. There's obviously bias against the animals. And once the animals take over, it doesn't take long at all before they end up doing the same thing that the select few humans do. There is no equality in utopia or communism. All are not truly equal. It doesn't work. Well, what about the Bible? I mean, why did Thomas More, a monk, abandon the scriptures? Was the Bible silent on the issue of social injustice or, or human equality? The church has always been generous in, in, to missionaries and schools and hospitals and outreaches. And, and, and ironically, our forefathers in America anchored their civil uh, beliefs based upon biblical concepts of, of freedom and, and human equality and, and, and having that, that compassionate uh, heart. You know, we, we've seen throughout the scriptures, Deuteronomy 8.18, it's God who makes wealthy, not, not people. First um, Peter, you know, talks about, you know, that we're called to serve others. Second Corinthians 9.6 says, be a, a cheerful giver. James 1 says, pure undefiled religion is serving the widow, the orphan, and the poor. I mean, that's pure religion. That's as good as it gets. Uh, Matthew 14 reminds us there, there will always be the poor. And then, you know, Mark 25, 35 and Hebrews 13, 2 talks about the idea that when we're serving others, when we're helping our community, that we're, we're entertaining angels. And maybe in some cases you are doing for me, Jesus says. And so the, 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 the Bible's always been very pro community living. So why did Moore abandon it? The nation of Israel was, was taken captive by the Babylonians and, and, and they were taken to foreign cities, and, and yet they were still instructed in Jeremiah 29.4 to seek the welfare of the city and to pray, to pray to the Lord on their behalf. We, we've always been called to, to live in community and, and, and peace and, and equality. Well, God tells us to bless our enemies. God tells us to seek them out, to pray for them. The Greeks used the term agape to express a type of love that was unlimited in loving kindness towards, towards others. Christian charity has then been the ideal of voluntarily giving help to those in needs. It, it, it was through Christian charity that we saw organizations like the YMCA, Young Men's Christian Association, or the Red Cross that would make no division between the two enemies on the battlefield, but just go out and, and minister to both sides. See, the Bible's always known that there was going to be an economic disparity. And the Ephesian church dealt with this. And the Ephesian church, you know, consisted of slaves and poor and widows and well-to-do women and households that, that were wealthy. We've always had a combination of the rich and the poor. Always. There will be rich, there will be poor, there will be a division of classes. And so the spiritual is more important than the economic division. The spiritual unity in Christ is more important than how much money you get paid. 
utopia and communism is all about monetary equality. A morality that's based on finances is then very twisted. We don't obey the law and seek to do good based on our economic status. If I'm poor, I can steal. When we start worrying too much about others' wealth, this drives us to things like jealousy and coveting and discontentment. These are not new topics for the Bible. And yet Thomas More felt as though it was, I guess, his obligation and duty to, to write something better than God had in store for us. This is why there's, there's so much confusion in the world today. Because we have all these different books and movies, and, and they almost always equate to, to money and morality, right? And, and at Rainier Christian Schools, we, we, we talk about the, the messages and movies like The Giver, The Hunger Games, The Maze Runner. You know, normally these movies you know, just go unchallenged. It's just either a cool movie or not. Uh, but that's dangerous, and it's that subtle, mindless thinking that, that, that I want to teach you not to do and think again, Christian. These movies highlight versions of utopia without offering any real solutions or answers. So what's the point? What's the point of The Giver? What's the conclusion of The Hunger Games? The viewer, the reader, is, is left to conclude that utopia can be accomplished if we just, you know made a little a little adjustment. No, it's a major adjustment. A virgin of communism is okay. No, it's not. But see, this is how we have socialism, because oh well, socialism is the good side of, of communism, right? See, I remind our students every year that socialism is a form of communism. Quick history lesson 101. What does the USSR stand for? What did it stand for? United Soviet Socialist Republic. The communists were socialists. What was the Nazi Party? The Nazi Party was the National Socialist German Workers Party. The Nazis were socialists. Don't don't take my word for it. Just read their read their literature. Read their title. Know their name. It's like ISIS. ISIS is an Islamic name. It's in their name. Don't call it ISIS. Call it what it is. It's Islamic. I mean, talk about a wolf's in sheep's clothing. Why, why would we be, you know, why would we ever seek a philosophy like socialism that, that has ties to men like Stalin and Lenin and Hitler and Castro and Ho Chi Minh and Che Guevara? Well... When you don't call a spade a spade, then that's where you start to think, well, they weren't all that bad. So if we call it totalitarianism or fascism or imperialism, well, then we get it. But if we call it socialism, well, then open and roll out the red carpet. This is why we go through uh, the Communist Manifesto in our political science class at Rainier Christian so that our students can read it for themselves. It's not a long book. Everybody should be mandatory reading. Why? So that when you read it and you hear your politician saying it, you should say, aha, that's communism. That's not American. Orwell's book in 1984 completely exploits how, how culture falls into this kind of ideology. And it, you know, of course, it usually begins with the fear of war. And so the idea is peace. And then, you know, we're all going to be equal. Of course, of course, it always means we, we wear the same jumpsuit, right? I don't know what the deal is with jumpsuit. 
but they have, you know, big brothers watching over everything. Well, who's big brother? Who decides who, you know, who holds the keys? Who's the pig of the farm? And so none of these systems have really been able to eliminate what they're trying to eliminate, which is leadership, which is somebody who, who, who takes an absolute moral law, absolute moral authority, and then lives it out. And so for us, that's God. And for us, that's the Bible. And so there are certain elements of the utopian concepts of virtue, which is, which is true because it's intrinsically linked to Christian values, which more obviously gleaned from. But in the end, as we all think alike and, 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 and we all want to have this peace and unity and prosperity, utopia is not the answer. The only true community of society that produces social, spiritual, and economic principles of true equality are found in the Bible. The fact is that all utopian ideas are an attempt to avoid the God of the Bible. So before you get caught up in desiring utopia, your politician, or your favorite book that has just been made into a movie, there is no utopia apart from God. It's all dystopia. So think again, Christian. You've been listening to Think Again Christian, sponsored by Rainier Christian Schools and Tony Jamie. Rainier Christian Schools serves preschool through high school, with three locations in the Renton, Maple Valley, Covington, Kent, and Auburn areas. For more information about Rainier Christian Schools, www.rainiercsd.org, or call 425-255-7273.